friends. My name is Adam Leong, and I want to welcome you to Story Central. Each episode, I'm going to be interviewing a student, staff, faculty, or ministry partner to hear how they've been seeing God move on every corner of every campus in University's central region. This week, we're joined by Kathy Padilla, who teaches at Creighton University in Omaha. It was so great to hear stories of how God has been working in her life and how InterVarsity has been a part of her story. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Let's get to it. Well, uh, I am excited for our next guest on Story Central. If you'd be so kind, if you could just introduce yourself, uh, who are you? Well, hello, Adam. I am Kathy Padilla. I am originally from California, but I have lived in Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska for 26 years. I can't even imagine because I think I'm 26 years old. Not, <laughs> you know, not that I've lived somewhere 26 years. And I teach Spanish at Creighton University. I've, I'm in my 11th year of doing that, but I've been a teacher for, um, gosh, I think 37 years. Okay, so you you were a teacher in California. I was. I taught okay. high school and middle school in California, and then I came here. When we moved here, we our younger son was just a baby, two months old. So I took some time to be at home um, with kids, and then um, started to go back as a substitute, and then have taken several jobs in Nebraska, taught in the Millard school system, taught in Omaha public school system. And um, right about the time when InterVarsity got started here, um, we actually, we were having our first um, progressive dinner. You may have heard about our famous progressive dinner started by Rachel Waters. Um, and I was at, at that event and I met some students from Creighton and I asked them what they were majoring in and they said Spanish. And I said, oh, I was a Spanish major. I teach Spanish. And they said, you should come come to Creighton. We, they're always looking for Spanish teachers. And so I thought, yeah, that makes sense because I was helping out with Bible study um, and doing things as a volunteer, like as a, just a community member volunteer. And so I contacted the chair, the acting chair of the department and said, you know, I'm not looking for a tenure track position. Um, Here's kind of like my credentials. And I'm uh, I love teaching beginning Spanish, so I, and I'd love to come in and interview with you so that you would know who I was if you ever had a class or two that you needed to fill. And boy, they jumped right on that. And I worked there every semester since then. So I think, you know, so that would be the fall of 2010. So um, I think that God just thought, yeah, Kathy, you need, you need to be in one place where you can do ministry within our varsity and you can do your teaching. So. Yeah, not fun. Uh, yeah, that's a that's an amazing story. So really, it was just kind of a like a happenstance sort of thing. Yeah. It was intervarsity. You were at an intervarsity event. You connected with some yep. students. Some students made a suggestion, yes. and that it just it kind of snowballed yep. into there. That is, that is that is great. So I, I want to back up half a step. Then is it? Sure. So how did you get connected to intervarsity? In the, in the first place, whether here in right. Omaha, I don't know if you had some experience with InterVarsity back in California or um, yeah. What, well, yeah, what was your connection to InterVarsity then that got you to, the, to that progressive dinner? Well, yes. And so I was, um, I had met my husband, I was going to college in California and we were actually going to a community college and we met, he had come from Ecuador 
And we, we were at the same church and we were doing Bible study and things like that at church. And then he needed to transfer to San Jose State University to pursue occupational therapy as his degree. And I had already transferred to Sac State, but I was not really happy there. And so he said, why don't you transfer to San Jose State? And it was late, you know, late in the summer and the semester was going to start. And I thought, okay, well, I'll know God wants me to do this if there's any room in the dorm left for me, right? You know, you got kind of like, you got to put something out there and say, show me, a, give me a sign. So I applied to transfer and I applied for housing space and he and I ended up living on the same floor. We both lived on the 12th floor of Joe West Hall at San Jose State University. And um, so that was like, okay, that's a pretty much a sign. We went there and his mom came to visit uh, from South America. And um, so we were, we were like trying to get involved with a campus ministry group. And she said, look for InterVarsity. And I had never heard of InterVarsity. And, and I said, what is that? And she said, well, uh, Renee's dad and I were, um, were volunteers with the student ministry in Ecuador um, called IFES. And it's like, it's under that umbrella. And so sure enough, back in those days, <laughs> this is back in the early 80s, they used to do book tables. And so Renee was walking on campus and there by the student union, there was a guy named Jim sitting with a stack of books on his table, kind of like spread out, like, let's have a conversation. Let's get to talking about some books. And so he said, you know, when do you meet InterVarsity? When do you meet? And so we went to a, a large group meeting and we met Jim and we met a bunch of students and we were like, okay, this is where we're going to be. And so it was very formative for, um, for both of us. We learned the um, inductive Bible study method. We did the, gos the uh, gospel of Mark manuscript style. And um, it just, it had a tremendous impact on us about, you know, reaching for reaching the campus and things like that. We worked as volunteers after we graduated for a year. And then we, um, we moved to Ecuador for a couple of years to work with the local um, family counseling organization. I ended up like working as a secretary, which was not my gifting. Um, so I ended up then getting a job at uh, a, an American school there. And uh, Renee did therapy and uh, we prayed about what we should do. And we worked with the, the there was a new um, staff worker that had just come from Colombia to sort of breathe new life into the uh, Ecuadorian um, branch, the Ecuadorian movement that had, you know, it would kind of fluctuated over the years. Mm -hmm. Renee's parents had been part of the first group. And then, you know, as people move on to different things, and so uh, they reestablished the group and we did some retreats with them and Bible study. It was super fun. And then uh, we came back to the States and um, many of the people that we attended church with in California were InterVarsity alums. And there was a big alumni association and they would have a retreat every year. That was super fun. And then when we in 1994, Renee had this opportunity to uh, move out of clinical practice, which he was doing at Stanford University uh, Medical Center to do more um, educational, like to work, to, to, to teach. And he had been teaching a class at um, our university, San Jose State, and he really loved it. And so uh, he got recruited. He was heard at a, a conference giving a talk. And this woman said, hey, 
Uh, I teach, um, I'm the chair of the occupational therapy department at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska. Would you be interested in a faculty position? And I was like, Omaha, Nebraska, what? <laughs> there's no mountains, there's no ocean. That's crazy. But of course we prayed and prayed and it just seemed like sometimes the craziest thing makes the most sense, right? So um, we said, well, we love college students. We had tried and tried to work with college students through our church and it just was so hard. So we said, I know we'll, when we get there, we'll, we'll support InterVarsity, we'll get involved. Well, when we got here, there hadn't been InterVarsity in Nebraska since the 80s. I don't know if you knew wow. that. that it had I, kind I, know, of I like, know it had been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of petered out. And um, so anyway, we were like, well, we need to have some. So we, you know, we kept calling Madison, Wisconsin and saying, hey, do you think about sending people to Nebraska? And there, were, there was a lot of reorganization going mm -hmm, on. And mm -hmm. so about 15 years passed and um, we were just like, well, I guess it's just not gonna happen. We just don't know what to do. And Renee came home from a meeting at church. He was on the mission team. It was his first night and they were discussing um, a, a support that the church had been giving to a man named Eric Rafferty. And I was like, well, I know that name. And he said, Kathy, he's, a, he's an InterVarsity staff worker in California. He's a kid that grew up at our church. Oh my gosh. So I emailed Eric, you probably don't remember me because I'm an old lady, but blah, blah, blah. And I said, we just long for InterVarsity to be here. And Eric tells his side of the story, which is very sweet and funny that he was, he and Stacy, his new bride, were praying about returning to Nebraska to do, um, to bring InterVarsity to Nebraska. And so he opened up his email in a coffee shop. He'd been praying, well, Lord, I don't know, I'm not hearing anything from you. And there was this email. So he told me to call Tom Lynn. So I called Tom Lynn, you know, cold calling. And it all came together so fast after 15 years. Uh, by the summer of 2009, Rachel um, Lennox, then Rachel Lennox, now Rachel Waters had moved here and was uh, doing, trying to get things going at Creighton. And um, Eric and Stacy had moved here with the view to working at UNO. And that winter, then that December, we had this amazing event. And there are students that came to that and um, they just, that, that was it for them. They were like, okay, I wanna be involved with InterVarsity. And so, um, and they stayed for four years to be involved with InterVarsity. So wow. yeah, it's really good. So yeah, that's that's an amazing story. So it starts <laughs> it, it starts even before you were in in college, right? right. It starts with your mother-in-law, not yet your mother-in-law, right? Your parents-in-law, your in-laws, who yes. were doing uh, IFS, which is uh, InterVarsity's you know parent organization or sister right. organization, right? They were doing that in Ecuador. Yeah, uh, you meet your husband. Yes. And then they say, well, you need to join InterVarsity. You transfer to a school. It just so <laughs> happens they have housing available for you. You yes. get involved in InterVarsity as a student. Yeah. And then yeah. you're just like, well, how can I partner more? How can I continue to volunteer? Yeah. How can I do that? And even then just like 15 years of nothing happening after you right. move to Omaha, but yep. still holding on to that faith of like, there, we, we know that there's something here. 
And yeah. then the way those connections work out and it's the, the, the Eric Rafferty who went to your church in Omaha, moved to California <laughs> right. and is on his way, you know, on his, on his way back. And you send a random email and all these things. That's an amazing right. story yeah. of, of, of your faithfulness and also God's faithfulness. For sure. God's faithfulness. We joked for a while that if God had answered our prayers 15 years earlier, Eric and Stacy would have been like toddlers. They wouldn't, it would not have been, <laughs> sure. it was not time for them to come. Right. So right. <laughs> that's it's very, very true. I'm sure they still would have been great staff, but it may be a little bit different at the time. Uh, yeah. And so now of course, you know, being part of the central region and getting to, you know, Eric and Stacy have both moved into more national areas. Um, uh, Rachel and her husband, Joel, are now living in Costa Rica. We've had, you know, people kind of come in. Ali uh, Forsyth George and Brendan George, you know, that uh, Ali was, a, was our first actual student that committed to um, being a part of InterVarsity at Creighton. And then she worked on staff. She and, um, and uh, Brendan got married. And of course, now they're in Iowa where he's doing medical school. But it's, you know, and now we've got Alana and, and Jules and, you know, people coming and spending the time and then moving on to other things. It's really amazing. Um, yeah, I, I I love that too. Just even as you're as you're listing all the different staff who have mm -hmm. been doing work in Nebraska, all the way from mm -hmm. the uh, the Rafferty's to the uh, Waters to the Georges, and now mm -hmm. to the current staff team, and how yeah. you've actually had the opportunity then to be the constant there. Well, there's a certain <laughs> level of there's a certain level of like institutional yeah. knowledge, right? Is yes. that like as new people come in because we think about also is that you weren't the only transplants, right? You had Stacy coming from uh, California, from Southern right. California. You have mm -hmm. Alana coming from Southern Illinois. You have uh, Jules coming from Colorado. She went to school in Iowa. And so a lot of different transplants that are happening here. And so being able sure. to, I think there has to be something encouraging to the staff team about, well, we know that there's a volunteer. We know that there's uh, Kathy. We, we know that there's like, this constant <laughs> that yes. in, InterVarsity will, 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 will be around so long as the Padillas are here. <laughs> well, so long as God wants it, right? Sure, of course. Um, and, of course. And, and that is truly, that is our commitment that, um, you know, when we came and found in 94, that yes, there had been InterVarsity, but somehow, you know, that they had just, it has just faded away. We thought, well, we don't want it to ever fade away. We really want to be, we want it to be a sustainable ministry. And so we've tried to varying at to varying degrees of success to make that happen. Uh, we have good friends that were involved that have been involved with Young Life for many years, and they have a really different fundraising, you know, model or or um, what do you call it? Uh, partnership Ministry development. partnership development. Yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah. Model where they have a big banquet, right, and they get donors to just fund the whole thing, basically. You know, and some of it is individual. And of course, InterVarsity went more the way of, you know, each person praying and, and seeking partnerships. And so we tried to form a, um, a team and it kind of worked, but it kind of didn't. I don't think, I just don't think people really had the, we probably just didn't have the skills to really pull it off, but we're still committed, right? Like uh, we really want to bring um, 
you know, to, uh, to serve the staff here and make sure that they're supported so that if someday, you know, Jules and her husband <laughs> move back, move to Ireland, you know, that it's, it doesn't, it's not like, well, there's no money to support mm-hmm. a staff worker because the per that those were all her connections. Do you know what I mean? That we want them to be, um, sustainable. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fundraiser, so I really don't know, but uh, we are happy to connect people as we can and just to pray about it. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I love that the way you're willing to advocate and really there, there's a, there's sort of a justice issue at the heart of that, right? Is that there's yeah. no reason why students should not reap the benefits of, of what university brings to a campus because staff decide that they're going to go somewhere else or because right. of funding issues or those sorts of things. And so that's why things like a campus account or an area account or those sorts of things can be so crucial because then the finances, the financial mm-hmm. resources are allowed to stay in one place and somewhere like a Creighton or even the city of Omaha or the state of Nebraska can continue to benefit from that. Well, it's right. Not, it's not just based on the one personal relationship or, or those sorts of things. Yeah. That's really yeah. beautiful. I love that. I love that. Well, and it. I'll tell, I'll confess to you, Adam, we are such nerds about university and about university that when we travel, we always try to find the IFES staff workers and like take them out to lunch or something like that. That is, that is beautiful. That <laughs> I am, I am all, I'm all for that. I'm all for it. So we went to Edinburgh, Scotland um, in 2013, and we found the guy. We, we, it's not called uh, InterVarsity in England. It's called like it's got CC something like that. It's 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 got a different name there. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's like even like it's not even called IFES. But we found this guy and sent him an email and said, "You don't know us, but blah blah blah. We're gonna be in Edinburgh. Could we take you out to lunch?" And I'm sure he thought. Oh, 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 are these stalker people? Are they crazy? But we had the best time talking with him about what is student ministry like in Scotland? Um, are you fully funded? And what does that look like for you? Uh, what's your connection to the local church? And there it's very interesting. They have a strong connection to the local church. And at most of their large group meetings, it's local pastors who come and give the messages. <laughs> So um, he said, well, uh, this is the church I go to if you'd like to go. And so we attended there a couple of times when we were there and it was just amazing. And then Renee went back a couple of years later on business and connected with him again, said, hey, I'm going to be in town. Remember me? And so we love those kinds of of friendships. I did it in Spain when I was there taking a course for um, uh, for teachers. And then, of course, in Ecuador, we have a pretty good close relationship now with us university I mean the IFES staff workers there and and have even taken there have been two teams that have gone to partner with them um, for summer projects so yeah wow it's that good. is you you are you are a global <laughs> I, I, I love it so it in the in the past so so in the past 10, 10 plus years that yeah. InterVarsity has been here in Nebraska been restarted in the central region uh, yeah. like you said there have been a lot of different staff who have come through and done a lot of really great things and and you've been able to volunteer in a bunch of different ways can you, are, are there any like one or two stories that really jump out to you as like, oh, mm-hmm. this is this was a moment where this was totally a, a God moment, a Kairos moment. This was totally something where I got to see breakthrough in some way. I'd love for you to share a story or two if any come to mind. 
Sure. Well, um, <clears throat> I'll start by saying, and maybe people have already figured it out, but when I take the um, the Gallup Strengths Quest or the Strengths Finder, one of my top strengths is connectedness or mm -hmm. You know, because for me, my world is like um, a giant pin board with yarn strung, you know, like over here and over here, and this is connected. And so one of one of the sweetest moments for me in Omaha was when through the different um, across the years, you know, different things have happened where, you know, we started out the progressive dinner over here and over there. And then, you know, we kind of like, well, how is this working and what should we do? And it happened that my church, uh, West Hills Church, had invested at a, a time a couple of years prior to ha having an outreach dinner um, for the community that involved the choir and everything. And they had invested in china and silverware and table linens and all this stuff. And then the choir director that had had that vision moved on and people were kind of like, you know, this isn't really an outreach event anymore. It's more like it's more like a Christmas party for us. So what can we do that would make it more of an outreach event? And I said, oh, have I got an idea for you? Let's make this the permanent host of the dinner part of the progressive dinner. And they were like, yes. And so it took a little bit of time, you know, a couple of times for us to do it, for people to really get the idea. But we began to ask um, members of our church to be table hosts to come and not only serve the students, but also to sit with them and um, just have conversations, get to know them. Uh, we, we got people that would then be like, oh, I'll be the host for the dessert part, or I'll be the host for the appetizer part. And to really just come and interact with students. And now every year they say, are we gonna do that dinner again? That was the best. And um, so it was so sad this year when, I mean, in tw Christmas 2020, when we had to say, there is no progressive dinner because it is a pandemic. So gosh, I, I'm, I, my prayer is that we'll be able to do it in December 2021. But for me, the beautiful part was my university friends and my students, because many of my students come because I tell them about it. And the people I am part of a, a worshiping family with all together in the same room. Amazing, right? chilling for me and the fact that so many international students come because the international students are often hungry for an American experience, right? They want to see, I'm in, I'm in the US for Christmas. What is it like when people celebrate Christmas? And to see my church all decked out, people just bringing, you know, oh, here's another Christmas tree and let's wrap some boxes so they look like presents. And the kids just having their pictures taken in front of the tree you know, those are going to go back home. They're going to, you know, they're on their um, social media platforms, but for them to feel like, why would somebody, why would a church that doesn't know us, or why would people that don't know us put this dinner on for us? And of course it's the, it's the parable of the great banquet, right? That um, all are welcome. And uh, we love you so much that we're willing to do this for you, which is Jesus loves you so much that he was willing to die for you. So. That's a, that's a great chilling moment for me. What do yeah, you think about I, that? <laughs> I, I love that. I, I love, I mean, there's so many great things to, I mean, one of it is like you were able to use your strengths. One of your strengths mm -hmm. being connectedness yeah. and say, okay, how God has made me to be a connector of people. So how do yeah. I get to connect people and InterVarsity being able to 
be a part of that connection that you yeah. get to do. Now, added on to that is that your connectedness and your love for Jesus and your partnership with the university actually led to, uh, in your work life, your students being blessed yes. because they now have a yeah. connection. And so the people who you're, you're serving as, a, as, as, as faculty, you're able to then serve them through your connection with InterVarsity, but also your church. <laughs> Yeah, you're able to influence your church. And now your church yeah. who had this outreach thing that wasn't really an outreach thing anymore suddenly has this new passion for yeah. outreach and reaching college students and connecting with international students and doing all these crazy things yep. and are these, these wild things. And you get to be like, you're in the center of right. that. And it's just the way that you volunteer and the way that you are looking to connect. I love that story because it brings yeah. in your passions and how that influences beyond and it affects your church and your community and all these things. That's great. Yeah. Is, I'm pumped. I don't know. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> it is so great. And, um, you know, if anybody is listening to this, who's in a church and like, well, why can't we grow a college ministry here? Find the campus ministers, find the university staff and don't say you must bring your students here. Just say, how can we support your work? Cause having college students in your church, even if it's two or three times a year, brings tremendous energy and bridges uh, a generation gap. You know, I so often would hear older people say, not just older people, but people, and I'm older now, I'm 60. So people my age say, oh, college students today, they're there. What are they, those millennials or those, what generation are they now? And all they want to do is tweet and, you know, look at Snapchat and stuff like that. And I say, you, you need to be around some college students because that is not accurate. I find the students that I work with are so um, committed to service and justice. They want to make a difference in the world. They believe things can be different. They are less likely to see ethnic differences or racial differences as a barrier, but more as just, yeah, that's you. This is me. Hey, we get it. We're, we're, we love each other. We get along. I have so much hope because I work with college students. And so I wish people could experience that because I do not feel like, I don't feel um, like, ah, this generation, you know, I bless my mother's heart. She's passed on, but she used to say, these kids today can't do anything. They don't know how to do anything. Meaning like, I think in her mind, like they couldn't change the washer in a, in a plumbing or whatever. And I said, mom, they know how to do everything because all they have to do is Google it and they'll find a dozen videos that will show them step-by-step step how to do it. And she just kind of looked at me and I said, yeah, maybe their parents didn't teach them how to do it, but they didn't need that. They have this other thing. They're very inventive. And so she, that kind of made her be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my answer to people when they say this generation. That is, that, that's great. And, like, and, and it's like, get involved, right? Yeah. Is that, hey, if there's an opportunity like to, to, to get involved. So um, what are some of the things that you're seeing today? Like, how are you seeing God move today in your corner of the, of, of the central region? One thing that I get to do, which is, I'm amazed that they pay me to do it, is I get to be uh, the pre-major advisor for a group of 15 students every fall. Um, I, th this has been a program that's been ongoing and developing at Creighton for a number of years, but they, um, about two years into my tenure at Creighton, they um, opened it up that they really wanted faculty members. And I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm not a full-time faculty or whatever. I'm not, I don't have a PhD, but um, 
you know, I'd love to do it. And so I applied and got interviewed and they said, yes. And so, um, so I get assigned 15 students. And then um, I also get to have a sophomore who is called a peer advisor. And then I have a student who's a junior or a senior who's like a, a co-teacher of the class. And there's definitely curriculum um, you know, because we are a Jesuit university. We have these Ignatian values about um, finding God in all things and um, being a man and woman for and with others and caring for the whole person. They're really Christian values. And um, so we co-teach these lessons and it has been an amazing time to develop relationships with these slightly older students um, who are my helpers basically. And it has been really fun that some, sometimes on purpose, I, I seek out a student from that is a, is a member of the InterVarsity Fellowship on campus. And sometimes it just happens accidentally. I have, I, currently I have a lovely young student from Hawaii named Rachel Toves. And she was in my Spanish class for two semesters. And when I was looking for, um, you know, it's time to come up with who's gonna help you next year. I was just praying and um, I thought, you know, I've connected with her and she's very sweet and very organized, um, very positive. So I just pulled her aside one day and I said, you know, I'm looking for, we call them a decurion. I'm looking for my decurion for my um, freshman seminar next year. Are you interested? And she said, well, tell me what it involves. And I said, okay, I'll write you an email. And then she said, I'll pray about it. And I didn't know she was involved with InterVarsity. Mm. And then it turns out she's a leader with InterVarsity. And so it's when those kinds of things happen and then you feel like I can pray with this student. Um, she, I know she's going to be inviting students to participate in events. And now on Instagram, the leaders are introducing themselves and, you know, there she is. And then I see, oh, and here's so-and-so and I know them and I know them. And so it, it's a really beautiful thing, I think. It yeah. just makes me feel good to know that this is happening. And um, sometimes I get to work really closely with those students. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's such a great, that's such a great story. Uh, one, uh, we could, we could talk forever. This has been tons <laughs> of fun, but one last, one last question is sure. so as, as you've been involved, particularly as a volunteer, as a ministry partner uh, with uh, InterVarsity here in Nebraska for the past 10 years or so, how have you seen God work in, in your life? through partnering mm. with InterVarsity? Well, for sure, um, having learned to study, do Bible study back when I was an undergrad myself in the inductive method, um, whenever I get a chance to do something like participate in the central region conference that I did and we were studying the book of Ruth, I was like, oh, this is like, this is like taking a nice warm bath on a cold day. And it feels so good to be looking into scripture like this. Um, we have um, attended... Urbana twice as uh, participants and volunteers. Um, we just feel like it, we get to grow ourselves. The worship is amazing. Um, we play those CDs, you know, of the worship from Urbana and just being, knowing that you're talking with people who have very similar kinds of approaches to scripture, or they, we have a kind of a common language about understanding scripture is really, really 
great. Now I have learned that the inductive Bible study has changed. The method has changed a little bit to match this generation, right? It's not just observation, interpretation, and application. It's like, let's, what are you curious about? What do you have questions about? And so that's been a new thing. And I love that InterVarsity keeps, you know, looking at things and saying, well, how do we reach this new generation? How do we be true to who we are, but also make it more accessible for them? So yeah, so for me, it's there's a lot of personal growth in those experiences that I have periodically. I mean, I've gone to some conferences and, you know, regional staff conferences and stuff like that. I've done some spiritual direction with staff and with um, students because I am a trained spiritual director and um, it gets feels like I'm going back to my roots all the time. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for the time. This was an absolute pleasure. Uh, so glad to have you as our second guest on Story Central. And uh, yeah, it was just a, just just an honor to be able to talk with you and hear some of your stories and learn some of your some of your history. That's it for this episode of Story Central. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us directly at story.centralregion at gmail.com. You can also partner with us financially by going to www.give2iv.org and search for Central Region. This podcast was produced by Julia Flaherty. I'm Adam Leong, and as always, have an excellent day.